Welcome to The Vine, a plant media project podcast with your hosts, Elizabeth Sheldon and Gina Vensel. The Vine is an insightful look into the world of plant medicine, exploring the changing landscape around cannabis and psychedelics and ending the stigma through educational discussions. The Vine podcast does not offer medical advice nor condone any use of illegal substances. Consult your physician or therapist before making changes to your wellness plan and before trying alternative healing medicines. Today, we welcome Chad Harmon, CEO of Psychoceutical, a company that provides a next-generation patented delivery technology for psychedelic compounds used in the medical and pharmaceutical industries. These advanced psychedelic delivery systems provide the medical community safe dosage control and consistent desired results. Chad is a 25-year health insurance and cannabis executive with diverse experience across operations, manufacturing, finance, product development, IT sales, and marketing. Chad's strength is developing corporate strategies and detailed execution plans to maximize efficiency and profitability. And we are so excited to welcome you, Chad, to The Vine. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, welcome, Chad. We always like to start out by understanding how our guests got involved with plant medicine. Uh, For you, it looks like it was cannabis first and now psychedelics. So just hoping you can tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I've been a lifelong student of human optimization and uh, really neural performance using natural compounds. You know, in my opinion, uh, plant-based medicines offer us capabilities beyond what traditional pharmaceutical products have brought us this, thus far, uh, specifically with psychedelic compounds and how they perform neurologically. Um, you know, from the various mental health disorders to you know, disease state conditions like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, autism, and cancer, uh, we're seeing a lot of breakthrough research in, in those areas. Um, and I think, and I always think about the old adage, you know, that we're only using 10% of our brains capabilities. And I think that's so true because, you know, as we go along and, and you know, our, our brains are so powerful, right? But they're powerful in the way that we don't have new experiences. We're not learning something new all the time. And if we do, it's very, it's a very small portion of our day. So, you know, we have all these sensory perceptions, right? We uh, taste, smell, sight, uh, hearing, all those are, are part of our brain's performance. And so when, when we say that we're only using 10% of our brain, that is so true because it's you know, day in and day out, the same experience. And so, you know, we, what we, what we know to be true within the psychedelic, whether it be cannabis or mushrooms, we know for a fact that that creates a heightened experience for individuals, right? So everything is heightened, the, the touch, taste, smell, your visual perception is, is heightened. And so what that does is it creates new neural pathways and allows us to light up the brain in ways that everyday experiences will not do. So, uh, so, so from that perspective, I was very enamored with it, uh, but also just from, you know, personal experience, my, my father, uh, he had prostate cancer. And so we went the tr- traditional medicine route, you know, myself coming from health insurance background, understanding the medical field and seeing some of the, the pitfalls of, of many of the claims that have come through. It was one of my positions. I, I managed very large claims units. So you, you see the treatments out there, you understand the different disease state and conditions, and 
and the number of visits and then ultimately, you know, death, right? So from a business standpoint, I saw, I saw all of that. I saw how the, uh, the pharmaceutical industries were working with medical doctors. So, you know, that's a whole different story. But what, what I, what I found after going through that experience with my dad is that, you know, we really started to open our mind to say, uh, as a family, let's look at alternative methods in cannabis for us. In, in, we had moved from California to Colorado. I was, I was certainly not somebody who uh, was you know, um, uh, for uh, illegal drugs, which I, I thought it was, uh, but we really created an open mind. And from that standpoint, really started looking at cannabis, used it on my dad and saw tremendous results in addition to you know, his radiation therapy. So for me, it brought it opened up my horizon and it really started to do I'm just a, a lifelong learner so I really dug into plant medicine and said hey there's something really special here uh, with cannabis uh, so you know that was really the start of uh, me understanding uh, you know plant medicine and psychedelics and how it can help you know treat a plethora of many disease states um, and even you know just minor mental health disorders uh, I think we can all agree that we're all impacted uh, from either a friend or a loved one uh, from t- any type of uh, mental health disorder, whether it be stress, anxiety, PTSD. Um, we all have wounds as kids. And so uh, I think everybody is, is impacted by mental health. And so you know, now with all the research coming out, uh, certainly certainly with psychedelics, it's it's very exciting. And so... I just I just dove head first. I had no clue about this, but I've just just become a student. I met some of the most amazing, world-renowned individuals in the psychedelic community the last several years, and just been been blessed to be a part of it. See, I I love that you shared that you know you had a family experience with this, and and I really appreciate you you being so authentic to share that because it seems very often when we talk with people that they have some connection to someone in their life or in their family that either ran out of other methods to try to help. You know, they've tried all the other you know pharmaceutical and traditional methods for healing, and it just didn't work, or because of being on traditional medications, like maybe, you know, going through chemotherapy, that coupling that with cannabis can help, you know, we, we really believe that there can be power in both. Um, and so we really wanted to dive into that and speak with you about it, because I think that there is a lot of confusion out there about why technology companies um, want to get involved in this or why, you know, technology companies can change or do anything to these ancient medicines that come directly from nature. So I want to just dive in a little bit and see if you can tell us about what pharmaceutical is patenting and what this means for your company. Yeah, that's a great question. And the, the industry as a whole is looking at, you know, ways to utilize, you know, MDMA, LSD, um, you know, all these, a number of ibogaine, uh, psilocybin, ketamine, they're looking at ways to, you know, take those, uh, traditional compounds, formulate them with proper dosage, and then looking at different, you know, disease state and conditions uh, to, you know, to, to, to heal people, right? And so uh, with that, it comes uh, in, in, and I'll give an example. So with traditional ketamine tri- treatment, when you go in and you have your, your first treatment, you'll get 250 milligrams of, let's say, a troche, uh, which is a bucally administrated um, oral uh, solution. And so uh, that, that's taken in 250 milligrams. 
uh, it'll start to take take effect in you know ten to fifteen minutes. And but you're you're by the time you metabolize it, you know you'll you'll have you know a still good viability, but you're not absorbing all of the compound itself. So in in contrast to our technology, uh, what we're able to do is really develop and create the perfect size uh, shape um, in addition to those core components of delivering any medicine uh, efficiently effectively uh, with high bioavailability um, you, you know we have the ability to add in additional compounds uh, we can uh, time release them and why that's important uh, Jean and Elizabeth is is because if you take a normal treatment in the ketamine space what you're doing is oftentimes you're giving somebody Zofran up front. So take the Zofran, wait a few minutes, and then you ingest the, uh, you ingest the, the ketamine. And then on the back end, you'll have some, you know, a little bit of grogginess because it's, you know, it acts in a, in a sedative way. And so you know, those are all core components of a treatment. So what we're able to do with psychoceutical technology, and specifically Janus, uh, particle technology, um, Janus particle multiphasic technology that we have, uh, we're able to uh, upload the in one compound uh, Zofran. So immediately we can time release that within five minutes, start to deliver that. We can then uh, deliver the ketamine and we can time phase it. So uh, generally the dosage will last 45 minutes. Okay, so if we've got a we've got a patient that needs you know longer therapeutics, well, in the traditional sense, you'll have to give them another compound, go through the entire process again, wait for it to take hold, uh, and oftentimes in those instances, you know it's 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 an unpleasant taste, uh, so you know you haven't experienced that taste again, and then wait uh, to get those therapeutic benefits again. So we're able to then, if you wanted to, let's say. Continue, continually dosing, we're able to deliver that, let's say every hour on the hour. And then on the back end, uh, we can deliver some CBG to help them come out of that grogginess and, and, and really reduce a lot of the inflammation in the body. So that gives us a, a major uh, advantage in, in it's really not even in the, the psychedelic, uh, it's in pharmaceuticals as general. Because that's one of the holy grails that's missing is being able to really target and specifically create molecules that really uh, have a major impact, but also from an FDA perspective, uh, have safety and efficacy with high bioavailability of the compounds, right? Because traditional traditional means of oral uh, oral uh, administration, you're going to probably get you know, 10 to 20% of that compound, right? So it's going through the kidney, it's going through the livers. So you're going to get associated toxicity with that. You're going to you know, have, uh, you know, additional side effects from the drug itself. So what we want to do and what we will do with psychedelic drug delivery with our technology is in most instances, completely alleviate it, if not minimalize it just to, you know, a small percentage of the side effects and or, uh, toxicity, which is a major breakthrough uh, for pharmaceutical delivered drugs in general. So this is this is major. Um, the other technology that we do have, so we've got two two technologies. One's a systemic that I just described. Can you imagine a better you? 
Empathic Health is a global community providing support so you can find more fun, freedom, and connection in your life. Empathic Health is my integration solution for incorporating my healing work into my daily routine. Empathic Health has given me a space to use my voice to express my thoughts and be myself in a safe place. I'm excited to get to the type of work that gives my life more clarity and joy. Helping others has done nothing but help me in return. Know your medicine, know yourself. Join Elizabeth, myself, and the rest of the community today at empathic.health. Chad, I just want to ask you, um, so is the delivery still that you're talking about in a pill? Are we talking intravenous when you're saying this new um, technology that bypasses your kidney and your liver? Yeah, great question, Elizabeth. So we have various uh, administration routes. So we can have it buccally. We can have it um, in inhalation. Uh, we can have it uh, nasally, uh, suppository, IV. Mm-hmm. So topically, so with our technologies, uh, we're able to hit whatever uh, means of administration that's going to work best for the targeted compound. So great question. So is this the blood-brain barrier that we hear so much about? Is that part of this technology, being able to get through um, with your technology? Got it. Yes, absolutely. We can cross the blood-brain barrier. And that really has to do with, again, going back to the the toolbox we now have with the Genus multiphasic particle is that we're able to create a, you know, nanoparticles down to 20 nanometers, right? So size is very important, right? Because we think about our immune system, right? We've got this security system, if you will. Once once you ingest something, right, it's going to go through and it's going to send off, a, you know, you're going to go through that security panel, right? It's going to go through the kidneys. It's going to go through the liver. So we're going to get that, that degradation. We're going to have multiple passes. So it's constantly pulling those molecules apart and we're getting you know, again, associated toxicity. So with our technology, that security system is able to then say, hey guys, uh, you can bypass and go straight to the front of the line, right? We're gonna hit it, we're gonna go right into the target cell and deliver that drug intact, uh, uh, completely intact. So another piece is a lot of times if you have multiple drugs, those drugs are pulled apart as part of the uh, kidneys and liver. So you're going to see those compounds pull apart and they're not going to be delivered intact to the impacted cell. So what we're able to do, uh, Gina and Elizabeth, is then then create a, a, a layer and a protection around those com- multiple compounds and deliver it intact to that cellular uh, target. So for us, that's huge because when we have multiple compounds, that's that's not the case. They don't, they're not delivered together and they're not able to work synergistically uh, to create the effect that we want. So with our technology, we're able to do that. So are you able to then put all of that in one dosage that it, I get, the, did you call it zephyrmine? I get that first and then the next, you know, the ketamine kicks in and then the CBG kicks in in one bowel swoop. Yes, yes. That, and wow. That's, yeah, that's that, amazing. That's, it, it, it really is amazing, uh, Gina Elizabeth. I mean, this is it, it's phenomenal. When you know, when we talked to Dr. You know, Anish Tuteja, uh, Michael Guerin, and the University of Michigan about the technology, uh, we were very fascinated 
with their research on cancer drug therapy that they're working on right now, which is revolutionary for uh, uterine tumors, you know, cancerous tumors. And what they were, what they were doing uh, was looking at all these core components of a molecule. What they found, uh, Gene Elizabeth, was that if they created a triangular shaped compound, and what happens is at that point, they were able to target the, the, the tumor and the impacted cells. And then they were, and by doing that, they were able to avoid any of the other uh, cell from a toxicity perspective, right? So if we can target cancer directly to the source of where it's at and not touching any uh, surrounding tissues or other cells, right? Because, you know, I think back to my dad, I'm like, wow, if we could have just, you know, really just targeted in this specific area where from the prostate perspective, he wouldn't have these other underlying now conditions. Uh, now we're able to really see and target just the impacted areas, um, you know, from that perspective. So for us, we were, we were blown away. And we said, hey, from a, from a psychedelic perspective, we've got something uh, groundbreaking, but also, you know, we can create, create the efficacy. We can create, you know, higher bioavailability com compounds and do something nobody else can do in the industry. So very, very, very exciting. It is very exciting. It's a lot to wrap your head around. I mean, it's so new. It's like this idea that, you know, you could almost like have this timed release for, for different compounds in, in one one pill. I mean, that's, that's incredible. But I, I keep getting back on this because, you know, I, I want to understand the science so much, but I feel like, the, again, the confusion with a lot of this is that, okay, these big pharma companies, they're just coming in and they want to take the psychedelic out of psychedelics. And so I don't know if that's true. And I've been wanting to ask you and just get your perspective on it. What, what does that really mean? I mean, are the technologies taking, you know, the mystical and kind of more psychedelic side of these, these natural compounds and specifically maybe fungi uh, and psilocybin when we speak of that? Or is there a way that, you know, science can, you know, keep the authenticity of these natural compounds and still, you know, do all the magic that you're describing? Yeah. Yeah, no, great, great question. And that really goes into our second technology that we licensed from Dr. Uh, Ronald Ongden out of Sarasota, Florida. He's a neuropsychiatrist and uh, neurologist. And so what, what he found in his practice, he was looking at other, other non-toxic associated uh, means of administration for his clientele. And he was seeing, you know, obviously he's got... Uh, individuals that have major depressive disorders, autism, Alzheimer's, you, you know, any neurological disorder, he sees it. And he's, you know, obviously he's been in practice for, you know, they're uh, close to almost 40 years now. And so he was, he, he really wanted to take a different approach and, and look out and take, take a look outside the box, right? And figure out how can I deliver potentially the same drugs in a more safe and effective manner. And I won't, I won't bore you guys with the detail, which is fascinating, but ultimately what he found through his many years of, of research is that if he applied, and I'll use this as a case in point, uh, one, of, one of his major, one of the major conditions he was seeing in his office was migraines. We all know that stress, anxiety, uh, and certainly from our jobs and the hustle and bustle of today's life, and certainly now with, with COVID and the pandemic, you know, people with stress, anxiety, the amount of individuals that he has seen uh, for migraines is, is through the roof. So years ago, 
that was still the case. And so he was saying, how can I deliver, in this case, it was Imitrex, um, the generic name is Sumatriptan. How can I deliver Sumatriptan safer and effective? And what he found is that he, if he delivered the topical solution, so he took Sumatriptan, he took a liposomal base, so a liposomal carrier, so it'll, it'll, it'll bypass, it'll, it'll break down through the dermis layer. What will happen is right at the back of the neck of the hairline, there's sensors there. And once you go beyond that, you got the dermis layer, it goes into the free nerve endings. And then what it does is it send a, sends a signal to the central nervous system. And then there's basically this cascading effect that uh, that goes down, it sends a signal all the way down to the cervical spine throughout all the free nerve endings. And, and why that's important is because then it's sending the compounds and it's, it's sending this uh, electrochemical reaction. And so what we know uh, now is that it's able to combat a lot of inflammation, any scar tissue, and so in contrast. Why that's important is because I'll use the sumatriptan taken orally. Uh, 100 milligrams was dispensed in his office. His patient, his patient uh, saw anywhere from 35 to 45 minutes. They, they have relief. They didn't get complete relief in the oral administration of it. Okay, and then there was this kind of dulling sense thereafter. And then throughout the day, it would, you know, slowly progress and it would go back to, um, you know, having another migraine. So it wasn't as effective as they'd like it to be. Now contrast that with Dr. Ongin and applying at the back of the neck of the hairline. The individual, instead of taking 100 milligrams, remember, um, we want safe and effective. We want to avoid side effects. We want to avoid any associated toxicity, right? That's, that's our clear this is why taking psychedelic drugs is so important. So one, we can study these clinically, but we can also understand just the right amounts to handle certain disease states and conditions. So in this, in this instance with Dr. Ongden, he was able to deliver that with just 10 milligrams. The individuals were seen within a few minutes. So they're not waiting 35 to 45 minutes. They're seeing the reaction in three to five minutes and then what the patient's experience was prolonged um, prolonged relief so they didn't have the dulling uh, they were they said this is a miracle because we're taking the same drug uh, but we're taking a lot less of it and we're able to see immediate relief and we don't have all this grogginess so that's what we're so and, and why that's important for psychedelics and i'll get back to that question why do we want to take out psychedelics or the psychogenic effects of psychedelics we know that there's a stigma out there and we know that it's not going to be for everybody so how do we create the same safety efficacy in, uh, for everyone right that's first and foremost but how can we take a subset of the population where we can deliver the same therapeutic benefits without the psychogenic effects so by applying it at the back of the neck at the hairline that's called the non-systemic delivery. It's not crossing the blood-brain barrier. And so what happens is when you're not taking it orally, you're actually bypassing the opioid receptor, which then creates the psychogenic effect. So from that perspective, we're able to deliver the drug, see the same therapeutic benefits, and they're not getting the psychoactive effects. 
So, and we've seen that within, you know, uh, cannabis formulations that we've done with the technology as well. Individuals who are in major pain um, and, and, and even, even taking Oxycontin, for example, and put it in a cream on the back of the neck, how massive would this be to be able to give those same relief without all the addiction that comes with opioids, without all the toxicity? It would be amazing. And you're saying it's like smaller dosages too. So you're taking like a way like micro dose of it and yet getting even more impact from it. That would be amazing. That's incredible. Yes. So back on taking the psychedelic out of um, uh, psychedelics or or the, you know, head piece of that, um, it's just so that some people can have whatever that medicinal quality is and they don't want to have the, you know, trippy head effects. Um, so that's... Does that make it more available to more people? Because we know that a lot of these compounds, there's a lot of um, different conditions, um, you know, that really makes it not a viable option for you if you suffer from one of those mental illnesses or one of those mental conditions. So because you take that psychogenic away from it, does it allow for some of those patients to be able to maybe use the, use the products or compounds? Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and wow. I will preface this that, you know, we're going to go through preclinical trials. So all those studies will become you know, readily available as we go through that process. But yeah, so just think about this, you know, and we'll take ketamine as, as an example, right? We know that there's new neural, uh, pathways that are created through the drug. We know that there's new dendrites, right? So from that effect, if you can take away, um, if we can take away the, the psychogenic effects and allow them to experience it, you know, in a manner that they're just walking around and they're, and they're in full cognitive ability, right? Because when you take ketamine or you take any, uh, you know, and I'll say not in a microdose level, in a macro, more of a macro dose level, right? You're, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not in a space to, you know, go about your normal day-to-day job, right? Right. right. You're not going. Yeah, well, yeah. We're all so busy, right? So just think about this where, you know, traditional talk therapy. And if you had, let's say, you know, a long ketamine session or, you know, we're doing trial work now with MDMA, you know, and the amazing work that that's doing with major depressive disorders. Well, that, that, that's hours spent, you know, in the chair and being under clinical observation, how powerful would that be to have that same effect without uh, losing your cognitive ability and going about your day and doing that, having up to uplift and mood, having tremendous creating creativity. How about this? How about creating more love in our environment? Because we know these plant medicines do that, right? What, how, how would we be impacting the world if we're creating a, a loving, warm environment that we know these psychedelic plants have and will do for people, it's amazing. It's breakthrough. It really is. Um, I, I've had so many questions, Elizabeth, and I've been thinking about to talk with you about this. It's like, you know, where to, where to always start. You know, we know that we're in a, you know, a mental health crisis right now in, yes. the, in this world. Um, and, you know, we just think about how, these new technologies and psychedelic medicine can help so many people. So I'm curious what you think mental health therapy could look like in the future. Yeah, I really see it, it changing uh, dramatically. 
dramatically because we know there's studies out there and I won't get into specific percentages. We, but we know traditionally, traditional active pharmaceutical ingredients, right, pharmaceutical compounds, SSRIs, right, combined with traditional talk therapy, it's, it's very low in terms of you know, having an effective uh, treatment percentage, right? So we know it takes several years. Oftentimes, as we all know very well, it changes who you are as a person. So when you take these SSRIs, all the associated side effects, toxicity, suicidal thoughts, the low libido, um, and in many cases, people walk around in zombie states, right, in, in, in some of these severe cases. I'm not saying all. I, was like, I can't say that. But, you know, in a lot of cases where the, you've got a severity in, in mental health crisis for the individual, that is the case. We all know somebody or a loved one, you know, that's gone through that, and so what we're what we're, we're seeing and what we what we can clearly uh, have seen through clinical trials right now is that we can see breakthroughs within two to three sessions, sometimes even one session, where the individual is now coming saying, "Wow, um, I was able to 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 actually see the problem," and and actually address it and put, push it to the side, right? Because we all, as kids, as, as adults, we all have experiences in life. We all have wounds that we carry around or trapped emotional trauma um, or trapped physical trauma, right? But those traumas, uh, they lie within our body. And so we need the ability to, to really address them and move past them. And so I think that's the breakthrough here with psychedelic drugs is that we're able to, to, one, allow the individual to see that very clearly and be able to address it in a very loving, uh, non-threatening way, right? Because you think about some, and I'll use, I'll use um, you know, our veterans and I'll use our partner um, who's, who's our technologist owner with Dr. Omden and the Direct, Sean Fleming, he's a former Navy SEAL and so PTSD for him uh, is, is major with his, not only himself, but his, his dear friends, his brothers in arms. And so for, for them, how do you go back and replay those, those moments without getting into an emotional state? And, and the national, our, our natural brain's response is to avoid those situations, right? Again, we've got a highly complex neural network. And so our, our own mind is saying, avoid, avoid, you know, those, those experiences or those thought processes. You know, it's a trigger to, 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 to just put it, bury it and put it behind you. So what psychedelics does is allow you to experience it in a very loving, uh, very confrontational way. And you're able to, to see it for what it is but recognize it doesn't define you and you're able to move past that. So for us, what we see is coupling with, again, traditional talk therapy, going through that and, and seeing breakthroughs happen, you know, certainly within weeks, if not months versus, you know, multiple years. And just imagine the quality of life of many of these people that have lost hope because they've sat in a chair for, for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And see no improvement. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
yeah, I yeah. definitely went through yeah. that cycle in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, we all have. I mean, in some way or, or another, right? And so if we can do, if we can have these these loving experiences with the plant medicine, it really is, right? And, you know, on, and I think, too, what, what, what people don't realize, and hopefully to get out of this podcast as well, is, you know, we are, we are frequency beings, right? We're all made of energy and matter. And if you look at psychedelic mushrooms, um, they're very highly complex, right? We know that in the forest when they're grown, they communicate with, with one another. They, they have a high vibration, high frequency level. So, uh, and this is, this is part of my journey too. I became, you know, I'm a plant-based eater. So um, not only do, you know, I, I talk the talk, but I walk the walk uh, because I found that if we can be, you know, in harmony and in, in eating high vibrational foods like fruits, vegetables, herbs, that, that directly correlates to, you know, human optimization. And so mushrooms is no different. We will feed off of the high vibration and frequency of these of these uh, mushrooms that again um, taps into our our, our, um, our central nerve brain and central nervous system in a way that that, that traditional pharma uh, pharmacological drugs just can't. So uh, again, that that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Uh, people can go out and research, but um, you know we know that these are powerful. It is the breakthrough drug that you know, globally we need because, you know, one out of four individuals around the globe, I think it's higher, are impacted by some type of mental health disorder, even if it's just stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably most of us, right? I want to say, too, that um, we know that oftentimes uh, companies like yours are, are vilified. And I think through some of my research and and just listening to people, you know, we need to thank you because it does, it takes a lot of money. It takes, uh, I understand that 20% of the drugs that are put before the FDA even make it. Uh, There's a lot of money that goes down the drain. So I think it's really important for you all to start um, telling your story too out there. so that you're not so vilified. And that's why we really wanted to have you on, Chad, because we feel that there's a lot of misinformation coming from the non-medical side of psychedelics that really feels yes. that the patents are hurting, you know, the plants and that, you know, that the companies aren't looking at, at the kind of ancient technologies that, that these plant medicines hold. But it sounds like you're taking what's already the best of nature and allowing it to get access to more people. And who doesn't want inclusivity when we talk about wellness? So I just, I really feel that this was an important discussion to have and one that Elizabeth and I had been thinking about for a while because we, you know, when we first got in our journey, it was, you know, on the cannabis side, you know, we weren't quick to be those folks to, to claim that, you know, cannabis was a cure-all and just put a little CBD on it right now. We know that's not how the world works. But, you know, a lot of times we feel that, you know, in cannabis or in psychedelics, it becomes kind of sensationalized and, oh, yeah, it's just great for everybody and great for, you know, just for everyone. And it's really not. And that there aren't just a quick cure-all with any of these. And we've seen how, you know, a combination of traditional pharmaceuticals with cannabis can be great for some people where other folks, you know, not, you know, only living off a complete plant 
faith-based uh, regime is better for them. But I feel that the important thing is knowing that not one person's the same and that we need to find our individualized journeys. And what better way than to know that there's access to, you know, these, you know, plant medicines in a way that could, if you could even go to your job or not be out of work to, to do them. I mean, I'd love to take some of these ayahuasca journeys. We talk about different things, but, you know, in a world where, you know, I have a child and a family and businesses, you know, can I really take two, three weeks off of work to work on myself and to do that. But if there were ways to do it, you know, more organically um, and maybe in those small doses, like you said, I think that this could reach like a, a lot of people. And I think we had another question too, before we go, what do you think, Elizabeth? <laughs> um, well, um, we just wanted to ask uh, how others can learn about you, but were you thinking of, um, and I think I, maybe I, I understand this a little bit better now, but psilocybin being a Schedule One drug, how does your company, what gives you the ability to work in that space? Is it because you're in clinical trials that allows you that legal jump, if you will? Can you explain that? Yeah, again, if we take a look at, uh, you know, the psychedelic drugs today, uh, being you know, MDMA, ketamine, ibogaine, uh, psilocybin, you know, those are LSD you know, those are all classified as, um, with the exception of ketamine, which is a Schedule Three and is approved by FDA for, um, you know, in, in uh, hospital and uh, clinic usage. Uh, so those Schedule One drugs, uh, it allows us to research and do clinical trial work, um, you know, with, with a, uh, approved DEA uh, Schedule One uh, drug licenses. So, you know, we can study these molecules um, you know, in, in a very clinical setting. Now, Schedule 1 you know, indicates to us that it's not safe for uh, human consumption or use um, at, at an approved level, right? So we've got MDMA, we've got psilocybin that, you know, are far down the path in, you know, Phase 3. So, you know, people are starting to experience those on an approved basis with the FDA through the clinical trial. So that's the path we'll be taking. We do feel... <clears throat> like psilocybin will be you know, one of the first Schedule One drugs to be reclassified as a Schedule Three, much like ketamine. Uh, so that's very, very exciting. Uh, we see MDMA going down the same path, uh, especially as it considers, uh, you know, all the the great work that uh, you know several companies out there that are doing. Uh, the, the the breakthroughs that we're seeing already are, are tremendous. So yeah, for us, you know, being able to do um, that work. Uh, you know, in a legal manner is, is, is major. Again, because you know, back to your earlier point, uh, Gina and Elizabeth, now we can study, you know, specifically targeted conditions and, and look at other compounds that would be synergistic and complementary, you know, to deliver a safe and effective drug. So, again, going back to our technology, we have the capability of delivering multiple psychedelic drugs if we wanted to. So just imagine being able to maybe take the best of psilocybin, delivering that 30 minutes, and then an hour later, maybe MDMA, right? Uh, how, how massive. Can we sign up for that? <laughs> Can we sign up to be in that trial? <laughs> we will. So, well, that, that's, that's actually a good point. We want to make sure that, you know, our listeners, you know, just keep 
up to date with what your company's doing. I mean, there's so much happening in your world. Um, how can people connect with you, with your company and, and keep on top of all this amazing changes and exciting things that are happening? Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. We're, you know, our, uh, our website is psychoceutical.com. So, you know, definitely uh, take a look over there. We have all our technologies listed. Uh, we've been featured in, in Forbes magazine recently, which was a huge highlight and, and really, it was it was a humbling experience to know that you know we we were a fairly new company, uh, relatively speaking, in terms of you know biotech and the pharmaceutical space, and to get some of that press immediately uh, is, was was just amazing. And again, a tribute to my partner, you know Zappy, and who he is, and you know the great work he's done in the psychedelic industry. So uh, psychoceutical.com, uh, we are active on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and then. We're just going to launch uh, Instagram uh, shortly. So you can find out more there. Um, the good news is we're, you know, always looking for uh, investment uh, from those in, in the community that, that have a heart uh, for what we're doing. Uh, so that's that's very exciting uh, on that front as well. So uh, Elizabeth and Gina, this has been such an amazing pleasure and, and it was a wonderful experience to, to speak to your audience today. Thank you, thank you so, so much. much. We really appreciate you. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Vine, a plant media project podcast. Thank you, Chad Harmon, for joining us on today's show. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to never miss an episode. For cannabis and psychedelic news, visit us online at plantmediaproject.com. And to support the plant medicine movement, purchase PMP merch from our new online store. Together, we can end the stigma around plant medicine. Thank you.